it's been a while since we've had an 11-year-old. We have five kids, and our 11-year-old the other day did something that I forgot the other kids used to do, and it grosses me out so bad. She put her toothbrush and her toothpaste by the kitchen sink so that she could brush her teeth before she goes to school in the morning. And it just reminded me of all the funky places our kids have brushed their teeth, like in the shower and in the kitchen. And Maddie's bad about leaving toothpaste globs in the sink uh, upstairs well, or bathroom. They all did that, but they all did that. So now we have toothpaste globs in the kitchen sink too. I am not going to let her do it. Okay, we've done I, it. I just I'm going to put my foot down we, because we have a half bath that is literally right by the stairs that you take to go down to go to school in the morning. So I just said you can put it in the half bath. All right, so that'll be a new family rule. Number seventeen thirty five. I will never forget seeing a toothbrush in our shower one time when we were sharing our bathroom. Well, that works pretty boys. well though because you can also you can also uh, clean the grout and brush your teeth at the uh, same time. I you wish use the same toothbrush would've. for that. That is the nastiest Probably bathroom not. that ever existed. Adventures in parenting, hon. Welcome mm-hmm. to the real world. Good deal. Hey, well, welcome to the Imperfect Normal Families Only podcast. That's if, us. if that struggle was one that you've related to in the past, then there you go. You can mm-hmm. relate to. And if who you're we are. an adult brushing your teeth in the shower with your toothbrush, just reconsider. Especially if you're not married yet. That maybe your spouse would they go. Be listening to you, this. Is that grounds for divorce? You think it's, it's <laughs> no. kind of one of those things to go. You know what, honey, I, uh, I'm in love with you. But if you're going to brush your teeth in the shower, I don't know. We teach premarital prep all the time. It's like, don't major on the minors. Is that a minor or a major? I think that moves into major. If there's if there's toothpaste being spat down the drain in the bathtub, that is kind of disgusting. Anyway, well, welcome to the podcast. This is episode number nine. We were discussing earlier. Mm -hmm. We're off to the races. This is a real thing. I think we're legit. So fun. I feel so legit that when I got my hair done this week. I'm telling the lady cutting my hair about um, our ministry and our podcast, and a lady in the waiting room goes, she jumps up and she goes, oh, I know you, you're Jennifer Johnson. And um, this kind of she happens continue- to us all the time. Oh, we just never, can't- ever. There's paparazzi outside of our house right people, now. People don't write you thank you notes saying, I'm so grateful you taught me about how to talk about masturbation with my teen son so that he <laughs> can be closer to God. No, we, we don't, don't get, get a lot thank of thank you, you notes like no, that. No, there's not a so whole lot of dialogue. So this is a very rare fangirl sure. moment. And I cried. I literally cried. And she just poured blessing upon blessing. So Gwen, I don't know if you have any girls and you may not hear this podcast, but somehow I want to give you a shout out for just giving me love. And um, I, I, I really did. I cried. It was just so uh, Well, we neat. need that too. We we do need feedback. So if you're listening to this right now and you have got a question for us, you get some feedback for us, of course, leave us a review. And well, we do know people are listing. I looked at the st- our stats today, honey. We've had like 2,600 downloads. I know. So, so there if is one an of those are my friends, will you text me? Because honestly, I have so many friends and no one ever, ever says one word about our podcast. Podcast. I don't think any of my friends listen. I wonder if so my, if I, I got to find you. Wait, friend, here's a possibility. I wonder are. if, I wonder if my mom has downloaded this no. podcast 2,600 times. No, no, because our parents don't know how to do it. Oh, that's true. My parents are still calling me after podcasting for years and asking me how to get to the podcast. Now they're going to hear this now. Well, hey, bless uh, their hearts. I'm proud of you, mom and dad. You finally figured it out. You're they listening. Got it now. You're here. You're yes. hearing us right now. Well, that's awesome. Thank well, you. for our audience out there, we're glad you've joined us. This is a podcast for imperfect, normal families only. If your family's got it figured out and you're killing it on all cylinders, then uh, this is not the podcast for you. Go listen to something else. But if you're normal like us, then uh, we're glad you're here. We always kind of ask some questions and I'm so glad Jen, you're back with us. I did two weeks in yes, a row. That's uh, right. Kind of on solo version, which is no fun at all. It's mm-hmm. good to have my bride back with us. those were the ones that Gwen were listening to when she was in Texas. <laughs> there we go. But we always ask these questions of if this is a podcast for you. Here's a couple of criteria if this is the right place to be. Um, if you've ever 
photoshopped a better image of a child's face onto a Christmas card than this podcast is for you. We did that every year for like 10 years straight, I think. Man, when that came available, the ability to do that. Oh my gosh. Barrett and I have stood on our head inside of JCPenney photo um, sessions trying to get our kids to smile and stuff. I was so happy when, when you could, we like, could one Photoshop. Kid's bad. Every kid's uh, perfect says one kid. Let's just cut and paste the head from oh the other photo and gosh. put it on this one. It's fantastic. It's so go back awesome. and look at all of our old Christmas card photos and you'll see. You might look real The lighting in that picture God, looks a little weird. That's... His head and neck don't <laughs> necessarily go together. So if you've ever done that, then this is the podcast for you. What else? And if you love your spouse so much that you will endure, endure multiple seasons of a show you hate on Netflix just to get to sit next to her. Oh my gosh, I haven't read this till just now. This podcast is for you. Are you like saying you're watching a show with me you don't like? This is just a suggestion, honey. I think couples do this. I think this okay. is real. I can't think of anything we've watched that I don't really genuinely like. I always like. try to do stuff that you like. I know, we do, we do a good job, but sometimes okay. you tolerate a little bit of something. Yeah. It's okay, and I can I can enjoy <laughs> this, but I'm sitting next to you on a always bed. Always tell me, honey. No, it's, it's what makes it fun, honey. It's what makes it good. You're it's, just a nice Well, here's another husband. one, and, and this is a personal story. If you've ever told your kids that the ice cream truck that comes down your street in the summertime um, was actually called the music truck and its purpose was to play songs for everyone to enjoy. This is a podcast for you. Yes. And I, I got to confess this in. I lied to our kids for at least three years, I think, when they were kind of preschoolers. Mm-hmm. And that little truck that would come to the neighborhood, mm-hmm. I would say, oh, it's Sherwood the music Trails truck. in Kingwood, Texas. It always plays the dun 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 And it dun, came dun. by every there was, day. We, we had a market for ice cream. Every day. So for three years, I told my kids it's a music truck and its uh, purpose was to play songs for everyone in the neighborhood mm-hmm. to enjoy. And my kids, oh, the music truck's coming by. Music and man's here. put their face in the window. They'd watch the music truck go by. And then one day in June... And I can't believe they never saw the ice cream on the side. Well, that was the first time they finally, I think, realized that they're like, maybe Lindsay could read. Yeah, maybe so. And could read ice cream and then saw some kids walking away. <laughs> Lindsay comes in. There's some kids getting ice cream from the music truck. What is that all about? <laughs> oh my gosh, that and was so funny. So I had to confess my sin that and actually we had to buy a lot of ice cream. We did. We we confessed our sin that we were lying to our kids for years, <laughs> and it was so, anyway. So if you've ever lied to your children with a good reason, <laughs> I don't recommend it. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but. You can, you know, if you've ever done that, then this is a podcast for you. So, hey, today we're going to talk about more of a serious subject, kind of about how to talk to your girls and how to encourage your girls through some challenging stuff. There's uh, a lot of things our daughters face, particularly tween age and teenage girls, that is difficult for them. It's that kind of the issues have been ramped up in the last couple of decades that it's different than when we were kids even. I mean, it was hard. Jen, you're a girl. You went through adolescence. Not an easy season. Well, for myself and all of the girls I'm raised and I'm still raising. Yeah. But you look back on your childhood though or your teenage years, it was not fun. I mean, teenagers, no girl says, I wish I could go back to my 14-year-old middle school years and do that over again for fun. I even had a bad middle school in San Antonio and it was horrible. And I really feel God moved my whole family for me because it was so bad and then moved into a better school. So in it's Portland. a difficult season. So, and so as those of us who are parenting girls now, all those issues that we went through as teenagers have been ramped up, just oh, yeah. escalated by. I wouldn't have made it I in huge think. ways because of mainly the the world changing and the the smartphone generation affecting things in big ways. So we're talking about some of the unique challenges our daughters face, some of the struggles they have, and how we can help them through it. And then we're going to spend a little time even uh, talking to our daughters about some of the things that that uh, maybe the enemy might do to take advantage of them or to basically distort their minds and their hearts and take them down rabbit holes of destruction that, anyway, we'll talk about that in just a moment. So before we get to that, this is our featured family of the week.
So Jen, you know our friends Jim and Angie. Yeah. Jim and Angie are hilarious and awesome and wonderful, and they have two precious kids, a son and a daughter. Mm -hmm. And uh, I saw on Facebook the other day, this is hilarious, Jim uh, was... We have his permission, by the way, to use his name. Yeah, Jim was taking his daughter to just a checkup. Maybe she's 12-ish, I think. Yeah, 12. And uh, his wife was at work, and so he took the daughter to... Actually, his wife was in Disneyland. This is a Facebook (laughs) post. Wife went to Disney World. Angie was enjoying time in Disney World. Uh, I won't give you the details. Here's what the Facebook post said. An honest, raw Facebook post from a middle-aged man. Jim is 50-something. His daughter is precious, a 12-year-old. Here's what he says. I'm at the doctor's office with Haley. We're talking a lot about periods, boobs, girl parts, mood swings, etc. Angie, my wife, is at Disney World. I should be sainted or knighted, maybe sedated. <laughs> Jim, he is so funny. Jim nails it perfectly of a dad put in a situation so where funny. he's involved with girl stuff, which kudos to Jim. Some dads would say, I'm not doing this appointment. Or or maybe Jim didn't know this he, appointment he was going to go. He probably didn't know. It probably escalated very quickly, yeah. and he found himself going, what am I doing here? But Many dads, like Jim, or unlike Jim, would have said, okay, put my hands over my ears, la, 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 I'll be in the waiting room, call me when you're done, but Jim endured. Well, and that's why we wrote, meet me in the middle, for dads that are so good-willed and really, really want to guard and protect their daughters, but don't know what to say or how to say it. I mean, I'm sorry, even the best of the best of the best daddies get very... Um, standoffish almost they get, when they their freeze. daughters get they, boobs they get paralyzed they get they freeze up it they, just is a different chapter yeah. of life it we want to help you with that with our book well jim endured and so if you ever <laughs> as a parent find yourself in a situation where you're over your head or out of your league or it's not beyond the scope of what you're used to experiencing press on hang in there don't lose your cool i'm confident that jim did not lose his cool because he never loses cool because jim is awesome but uh we can all press on through difficult times like this so attaboy to jim and our imperfect normal family dad of the week and, and angie's awesome too angie i hope you enjoy disney world and that uh, maybe you'll take your son to a 13 year old boy checkup who knows up next let's talk about what's in the news So, Jen, there are like a bazillion articles right now about the impact of smartphones on our kids mm-hmm. and how that's changed. I even did a talk just this week at a elementary school about parenting the smartphone generation, the impact it has. But we got to believe that it's affecting our girls in particular. So this is kind of a timely article for a relationship, what we're talking about, of the issues and the struggles our girls face. So found this in Time Magazine about three weeks ago. It was an article called Stop Debating Whether Too Much Smartphone Time Can Hurt Teens and Start Protecting Them. And the author, Gene Twinge, is making an argument that we, we know they affect our kids. How do they affect our kids? And what's the impact there? And so uh, she's the author of a book called iGen, Why Today's Super Connected Kids Are Growing Up Less Rebellious, More Tolerant, Less Happy, and Completely Unprepared for Adulthood. And I think she just wow. makes an argument that, again, the kids are plugged in their smartphones all the time, nonstop, is that it's affecting how they relate, how they interact how they see themselves even. And what I'm most concerned about maybe talking about this today is the effect it has on their anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. their identity, how they see themselves, which some of the girls already struggle with automatically. Right, I mean, right. you were a girl at one time. Right. You know that, I don't know, the pressure. I, I would, in. well, we do this ministry full time and I just think time after time, I don't know what I would have done. In your if life. If I had had this in my life yeah. as a teenager Indeed. because I had a hard enough time. As it was. Indeed. Well, the author of the study says that in four, uh, four large studies of teens from the United States and the UK, 
all share the same thing. Happiness and mental health are highest when kids use their smartphones for about an hour or two tops. And then it decreases big time for those who kids spend a lot of time online. And here's the numbers. Twice as many heavy users of electronic devices are unhappy, depressed, and distressed as light users. So I guess it's an argument for moderation. Smartphones are great. Mm-hmm. They're wonderful. They connect us. All that's, we, we love our smartphones. But kids who are plugged in nonstop and aren't trained by their parents how to use them or how to you know, filter the information they're getting leads to greater increase of depression, anxiety, all those things. And what I hate is like today, I've been on my phone all day long and my daughter saw me doing that because I've been waiting for the announcement of a baby that I know was born yesterday, but I'm waiting for them to post. So it's like refresh, 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 so ref- check it, check it, check yes, it, check it. Yes, over and over because it's Instagram sure. and I don't want to miss it. Yeah. And so I feel like it's so hard to be careful about the examples we're Little setting. Little eyes setting. are watching, no doubt. When I taught this to parents the other night, all the information I gave was this affects our brains, it affects our interaction, it affects our relationships. Mm-hmm. And I was telling parents, this is not just affecting our kids, it's affecting us mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And our kids are watching us learning good habits, those kinds of things. One stat on here that was troubling, twice as many teens who use devices five or more hours a day have attempted suicide as those who have done so for just one hour. So increased cell phone use can That's be correlated scary. with depression, all those things. Uh, one more stat that shows the negative effects of all this. Uh, she says that from 2009 to 2017, which is basically the smartphone generation, mm-hmm. rates of depression among those ages 14 to 17 in the U.S. jumped up more than 60%. And according to the CDC, this is another news, uh, suicide rates among teen girls are all at a 40-year high. So Gosh. teen girls' suicide rates, 40-year high. I even read somewhere, Jen, I was telling you this the other day, that the average lifespan in America has dropped by a bit as health's improved and medical care has improved. It's dropped though, because of so many young people taking their own lives. That's brought down the average lifespan mm. of America uh, a little bit. So it scares just, me to death. It just, we lost a, a precious soul this year that was 21. And I physically feel ill talking about all of this. It's just because so hard. It's impacted all of us, but it certainly impacts our girls. That's mm-hmm. why it's relevant. As we look today at our topic, our main topic of uh, how we can encourage our girls, some of the struggles they're going to have, and why we've got to be on top of all that, that uh, the smartphone thing truly has amplified the problems. We can't just say, well, every girl struggles, every girl's always struggled. It's, yeah, true. But the smartphone generation has affected it even more so. We could probably make an argument for having in the coming weeks a whole episode of our podcast on just how to navigate smartphones as a family, rules and guidelines and how to recognize their effects, but then what we can do about it. In a practical way. So hang in there with us and that will be coming down. We'll do that for sure. Well, for now, let's talk about girls. Here's our main story of the day. Today, we're going to spend a few moments talking about some of the unique challenges that our daughters face. This culture and this world has changed. Technology has changed things like our story we mentioned a minute ago, but it's always been hard for girls. Girls struggle with issues and development and getting through their adolescence is is, uh, not easy for any young women, uh, even more so today. Uh, Our daughters, I mean, Lindsay's now 27 almost. Mm -hmm. Emily is 23. Three. Mm-hmm. They keep on changing. I, can't I, know, keep up I with swear the I can't keep up with it either. And then, and, we then... Have a, and then we have another schmooky bringing up the rear. Maddie's just 11. So we've Ooh. got two yeah. launched and one more to bring through this. And it is 
challenging. Well, and what's so crazy is to be this old, parent this many children, and see the difference with technology yes. that Lindsay had and didn't have we gave really her a flip at all. Phone when she was I mean, 14, 15 years that's old. That's when I think. phones came on yeah. the scene for ki- for a kid to even have a phone and I know she got it super late in life. And then the other kids got it and and, and now I have a daughter who is being raised in a completely different social media world and yeah. it's just they, they call them digital natives that they were born <sighs> and raised like breathing on technology oh my gosh. i mean the way our six-year-old grandson our two-year-old granddaughter oh my two-year-old granddaughter took my picture the other day wanted to take my picture took my picture i did give her it set in the camera mode but she took the picture and then she pushed the button to make sure it looked good <laughs> And I, I was, I was, was, how was freaking her eye? out. Did she, did she evaluate it well? Was it a good picture? Did it, she delete She had it me all in it. I had been <laughs> over because I knew it was, she was going to look too far down. But it's just, it anyway, good or bad, this is where we live. But we want to talk about how with our girls, friends can get really mean and how to handle that. Friends are dramatic. It's almost like the middle school for teenage girls is kind of the Wild West. Mm-hmm. It's good friends. That it, get and along. it always has been. Yeah, I mean, it, been. it just has always, always been that way. And one of the things that I um, learned from a godly woman who passed away um, at her funeral, every person who got up to speak about her said, Marge Caldwell was my best friend. And this was a woman who mentored people like Beth Moore. I can't remember who all else was at that funeral. But I thought then that's how I want to live my life. If I died tomorrow, every person who knows me would get up and say, Jennifer was my best friend. Jennifer was my best friend. Jennifer was my best friend. Because I don't think that you should have just one best friend until you get married. What have we seen with our daughters back in the day? Sometimes they had a best friend. Oh, my gosh. I mean, there literally was a girl who was a part of all of our lives all the time. And then for absolutely no reason whatsoever, decided not to be our daughter's friend and became best friends with another girl. And then it's been so interesting because we've continued to do life 13 years later. And she came to me several years after that and just said, I am so sorry that I did that. Like I'm horrified and embarrassed and ashamed. And I am just, I just want to tell you, I'm sorry. It's like she grew up and finally realized that she had not handled that well. And and I think she felt uncomfortable around me and she just wanted to clear the air. And that was just so precious. And I appreciate it so much. Well, I think that some girls, not for some girls, forget teenagers, all teenagers, teenagers it's almost like we parent them james dobbs used to say just get them through it because there's gonna be ups and downs there's gonna be bumps there's gonna be immaturity there's gonna be plenty of self-centeredness along the way and sometimes mm. they get 18 19 20 years old and realize i was a real oh, yeah. jerk back in that season we all i mean i think we all know that well but- so, so girls and friends girls are always complicated they never mm-hmm. can measure up they're always comparing themselves social media has enabled them to not fit into stuff that kind of thing why do girls sometimes seek out relationship with boys because girls are so up and down emotionally in high school, middle school, especially middle school, I think sometimes they are attracted to guys because guys are so level-headed and they don't get mad at you and not be your friend for the rest of your life um, or not speak to you. They are just easygoing. And so I think that this happened a lot in my family where you know, the opposite sex is wanted to be friends, you know, either our son wanted to be friends with a girl or the girls wanted to be friends with a guy. And we had to really talk through what that looked like and what the emotional boundaries were. But 
I look back on that with wisdom now and I see why they were doing that. Back then, I might have thought when it was first happening, oh, great. Now here goes my daughter and she's going to be boy crazy and she's driving me nuts and I can't believe she's doing this. Well, peel it back a little bit and check and see what her girl friendships friendships are like at the moment compared to her being friends with these guys and then just talk about all of this with her and make sure again the emotional boundaries are there um, for what is called a plutonic relationship and, and explain yeah, what no, that is and that platonic relationship that really is just we're gonna be friends we're gonna guard our hearts mm-hmm. but there's sometimes it's attractive to a girl because just yeah the drama's not there yeah but I I look back on my own years in school and I had a pretty steady boyfriend um, through a lot of that tumultuous time. And it's probably one of the really key factors was he was just easygoing, level-headed, you know? And so we need to really just look at that in our girls' lives, not demonize it and help them kind of work through it. Well, it's all rooted in perhaps insecurity of, am I fitting in? Do I have enough friends? Girls are Women in general are going to struggle with that more typically than men are. Men are always confident and or tend to be, maybe not the teenage years, but girls can feel very, very insecure in those seasons. They start thinking, who likes me? Who loves me? Who, how do I fit into the social order? Uh, Maddie and I were watching uh, that Diary of a Wimpy Kid movie, which is hilarious and mm-hmm. cute. But that little sixth grade boy is constantly evaluating in his mind where he fits in the pecking order at school. Is he at the cool table? Is he hanging out with the cool kids? How popular is he? All those things. And, you know, it's it's in his mind, but today because of social media, because of, you know, put a picture on Instagram, our teenage girls can basically look at the scorecard for everyone to see. It's mm. right there for everyone. How many mm-hmm. likes did you get? How many comments did you get on your picture? All those different things are basically an internal scorecard for a girl. And most of the time for most of our girls, the message they're getting is you don't measure up or you're not mm. pretty enough or you don't, you don't fit in or you're not as popular as you need to be, all those different things. And so it can be devastating on the tender heart of a girl. I desperately want everyone to clue into our podcast when we talk about this and how to take, you know, I don't know, take it back and help yeah. them navigate it because they've got to have help. Well, hopefully, I mean, all that's rooted really in their identity. You know, do they have an identity that says, mm-hmm. I believe what God says about me? And I'm going to struggle with that, but by and large, I can believe what God says about me. Yeah. And that's my mom and dad have a big role in communicating yeah. that and sharing that. And discipling their child. Indeed. But if if they don't have a clear picture of who God says they are, then they'll believe the junk they read on the internet or mm-hmm. social media or whatever is mm-hmm. there along the way. Well, another thing that we live in and work in in our ministry so much is helping our kids navigate their sexuality. And there's so many counterfeit messages that our girls get regarding what's appropriate or what they should do or what they should be doing. And the pornography epidemic has, of course, affected that. And we encounter in our ministry so many parents struggling with, it used to be boys mainly, but now it's a lot of girls. Mm-hmm. Hey, my kids saw something online or they've been looking yeah. habitually online at this, that, and the other. And, and I think we shocked. tend to never think about it happening to our girls, but yeah. I think we need to prepare them for it. Indeed. And I think we need to know that they are going to see stuff and they are going to struggle. And we will post the testimony of a friend of ours who allowed us to use her story about how she got um, hooked into an addiction with porn. So check out our, even the podcast episode page, we'll link to that article because it's really insightful to hear. But then also the tail end of the podcast today, Jennifer's going to have a very special time where she kind of speaks to um, young girls out there who have encountered stuff online and gives her encouraging word to her along those lines. 
But by and large, just the goal or the challenge for parents is to be engaged with your daughters and realize that the world's changed. They've got to help their daughters navigate this stuff. They got to coach them. They got to love them. They got to guide them. They got to stay connected to their hearts and keep uh, pressing into those things. And that's a mom's job many times because moms are connected to daughters, but it's also a dad's job. And dads, you have an important role to play there. So with that in mind, let's let's mention our, our featured resource of the week. So of course, uh, if you don't know anything about us, you you probably have missed out on this. We've been talking about this a lot. We re- released a book about six months ago called Meet Me in the Middle. And it's specifically designed to help fathers and daughters navigate some of the conversations that teenage girls need to have. And that's that's huge because moms are involved and there's a lot of books out there for moms and daughters. There's not much out there to keep dads engaged in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And so, that's a shame. Yeah. So our heart was, we know that daddies are good-willed. But we know that they often feel like they need to take a step back. I laugh that they do that when their daughters get boobs. It's like, but like it's our friend Jim Waterson, kind of, his story. He, like, I want nothing I to mean, do with this. you just feel awkward. And dad's just, it's a different chapter of life. And so we want to give you a resource that tease up conversations for dads to have with their daughters. And my it was my idea to do it this way, great which idea, was honey. not spectacular. Actually it wasn't a good idea, so I'll explain it all to you. I wanted the book to be you held it one way and it was for the daughter and then you flip it over and it's for the dad and you truly meet in the middle of the book. So the book covers about 10 key issues, uh, points or, or topics that the dads need to keep on having with their teenage daughters. Those talks that, that feel a little weird now that she's got curves and has changed, but you still need to have. So everything from her identity, which is rooted in Christ, to friends and boys and beauty and sex and pornography, all these things that truly, dad, you got to keep talking to your daughter about and she needs to hear your perspective on it. But, but the book kind of becomes the bad guy, as Jennifer always says, and helps tee up the conversation you need to have. So you read chapter one, she reads chapter one, and we, we meet in the middle and, and kind of talk about it. And the feature I love the greatest, again, another one of Jennifer's ideas is we sat down as we were outlining the book with six 20-something young women. It was our, one of our daughters mm-hmm. and some of her friends mm-hmm. and our daughter-in-law. They were all like uh, seniors in college, gradu- just graduated. kind of the median age. And we just said two questions for each of the topics. For the topic of beauty. Uh, girls, tell me what you wish you could tell your younger teenage self about beauty. Mm-hmm. And they gave some great advice, little sound bites that we included mm-hmm. all through the book, just telling a young woman, hey, be aware of this and right. be aware of that. And it was great insight that, that we wish That's we could share. That's what makes the book. We're so appreciative to But them. then the flip side as well of that, on the other side of the dad book, we, uh, we asked those girls, hey, uh, when you were going through the season of your life on the issue of friends, what do you wish your dad would have known about what you're struggling with? And so they gave advice to dads as well. So the dad's half of the book has got all kinds of great insights from girls talking to you saying, Hey, get a clue. Here's your daughter's really going through and here's how you can Mm -hmm. best help her. So it's a great tool to help a dad love and connect with the heart of his daughter. And it covers a lot of this great stuff. So we can't recommend it highly enough. Yeah, we made it for you. I mean, we really did. I I looked at everything out there and just thought there's nothing for dads and daughters and so we need to do it so you can go to infoforfamilies.com to our store there on our website and get it there it's also on amazon but it's a little more expensive there so get it through our website and we'll be happy to push it your way and please please share it with your friends and not just keep it to yourself think about who you know that's raising a teenage daughter yeah. that needs a little help and it's a great little resource you could share with them well uh let's move on to our next session it's a kind of our question of the week but it's gonna be unique as jennifer shares some unique stuff so here you go We always have a question of the week, 
And the question of the week comes from a conversation we've had the last few weeks coaching uh, a mom and a dad as they're trying to lead their 12-year-old daughter through some challenging seasons. And this 12-year-old girl, a precious, innocent little girl, stumbled on some pornography and over the course of several months kind of got obsessed with it and started looking more and more and kind of got a season of couldn't stop. We call it a stronghold spiritually where she just couldn't avoid from the stuff she knew was bad for her. And mom and dad find out and mom reached out to us and asked for some advice. And so we coached her through some of that. And again, we'll coach more of that. You can go back and listen to our pornography podcast the last couple of episodes for more details. But what Jennifer wanted to do, and I'm going to hand it over to her in just a moment here, is talk to a teenage girl or young woman who has stumbled onto porn or has found herself looking at it maybe more than she knows she needs to and is not addicted per se, but it could be an addiction, but someone who is looking at porn. And how do we respond to that? How can we encourage that person? So what we're going to do in this next segment is just give you a little encouraging words from Jennifer that will be designed for the girl. So mom or dad, if you're out there and you know someone or your daughter has been caught up in this stuff at some level, and she needs some encouragement from an outside party besides just mom and dad. Jennifer's going to be that person for you. So in just a moment, I encourage you to you know, list this first, obviously, but then tee this little recording up for your daughter and say, honey, why don't you list this with me and, and hear some encouraging words that Jennifer might have to say for you as you walk through this. And beyond it being Jennifer's voice, I hope you hear from God. I hope you see Jennifer right now as a, a mouthpiece of God's truth and God's love over your life. And so, again, pause and then get your daughter and then you can play this for her because Jennifer's going to be addressing our, our little sisters and our sweet little daughters who have struggled with this stuff or who are navigating this hypersexualized culture of ours. So that's what's coming up next. sweet girl. I am Jennifer Johnson, and your parents know me from listening to my podcast with my husband. And we've been talking about some of the things that little girls go through and young women go through. And um, one of the hard things in life is pornography and seeing some really horrible, ugly, terrible pictures on the internet. And I just wanted to talk to you about it because I think that so many of your age girls are going through it and they're seeing it accidentally on the internet. They're seeing it on their phones their computers, a Kindle. And I just have to say, I'm so sorry. I hate that you have to live at a time in this world where terrible stuff is so easy to see. And I know you're probably not even looking for it. That's where the enemy Satan is at fault and not you. This is what God through the Bible talks to you and says in John 8, 44. What Jesus is saying is he's kind of explaining who the enemy is. And the enemy is a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So Jesus is teaching us that Satan lies to us. And I want you to know that hooking you or getting you interested in looking at yucky pictures and pornography pictures is what he wants to do, because then he can talk you into thinking all kinds of bad things about your sexuality and your body. And 
he wants to do that because your body actually belongs to God. And God has a plan for how you are to use your body and your sexuality in an awesome, wonderful, fun way. But the enemy wants to mess that all up. So again, I say so many times we don't go looking for it, but something pops up on our screen and that looks interesting. And then that makes us go to somewhere else and somewhere else. It's scary. And you are probably listening to me because you got stuck. And I just want you to know you're not alone. There's just thousands and thousands upon thousands of girls your age that have had the same thing happen to them. And nobody's going to be talking about it at church even or at school But if I'm the only woman you ever hear say this, just know you're not alone. And know that as humans, we wonder what stuff looks like. Like, I'm very visual, and I I learn by seeing things, and I want to see things, and I want to know what does a naked guy look like, and and what does sex really look like? My parents have explained it to me, but I don't really get it. I want you to not be afraid to ask your parent if you maybe want to see a drawing or something that's very innocent and not disgusting and 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 uh, messed up because the stuff you see like when I was a little girl I definitely saw some pornography but it was like just naked women in a certain kind of magazine that was very out in the world when I was little but now you're seeing disgusting things that women and men and maybe even more than a man and a woman are doing and It's just awful, and that's not God's plan for you. But anyway, we are curious, and we do want to see what things look like. So go ahead and ask your parents. And, 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 you know, I want parents to show pictures to their kids almost so that they aren't so um, inquisitive and start searching things out on the Internet because there's so many places where you're going to get stuck, and you're going to get stuck in addiction, and you're going to want to see another thing and another thing and another thing. In a perfect world, and I know this isn't going to happen, but this is my heart for you, that you would think, I've seen some stuff, but I've walked away from it. I have asked God to forgive me. I've talked to my parents about it. And from here on out, I'd really, really like to protect and guard my eyes and get ready to see only the body of my husband. And... I want you to think about it that way. Um, And I also want you to pray for the girls in that sex industry because many, many of them are manipulated. They are literally drugged. They are taken advantage of. And there's a lot of Christian ministries and um, people out there who are trying to help those women get out of that industry. I want to talk about how sometimes after all this has happened, you feel really yucky about it and you feel ashamed. Again, Satan is the one who wants to get you entrapped into looking at these yucky pictures. And it's not just you being a horrible person. I want you to know he's out there wanting to entrap men and women into being um, addicted to looking at this stuff. God says in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And I have come that you may have life and you may have it full. And I pray that verse over you that your life will be full again, because you um, protect and guard your heart and your eyes from what you see. But again, I want to deal with how we feel shame and guilt. And I want to speak this scripture over you. God says in Romans 8, 1, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Again, If you have made Jesus the boss of your life, you've accepted him as your savior, you've asked him into your heart, whatever words you want to use, 
and you really want to follow him and do what he wants you to do for the rest of your life, then you are in Christ. And he says there is no condemnation. And I think what he would say to you, if he could just sit right next to you, is, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry that this happened to you. And I'm going to help you stay away from it if you will just trust in me. And so I want to share with you what God says about helping you with that. This is what he says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. So I'm going to break this down. That means you looked at ugly pictures and you maybe even chose to keep looking at some more. But God knew that. It's no surprise to him. And he's not grossed out about it and he's not mad about it. He's just sad. And he says thousands and thousands of years ago in the Bible that no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. So what you've done is what all mankind is has done and is going to continue to do. You're not alone and you're not the only person. And God is faithful, the scripture says, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And that is just, I mean, these verses are verses I'd like you to write down and keep them in a special place, um, maybe even tape to your computer, because you are going to be tempted over and over again. And I want you to know, I'm a 50-year-old mother of two married daughters. One daughter has three children. And then many, many years after having four children, we adopted a little girl, and she's 11. And so I'm going through what you're going through with an 11-year-old daughter right now. So I'm teaching her all the same things I'm teaching you, that we are going to get tempted. And God is going to help us get out of it. And we do not have to feel alone. I want to tell you my story as a grown adult. I was on Instagram looking for a friend of my uh, friend of mine's son because I kind of lost touch with them. And she was telling me all the neat things that this guy's doing and, and to go look at his Instagram. So I typed his name in and I found like several of this name. Okay, like, and his last name's not even real common, like Johnson or whatever. And one of them, I thought might be him. And you know how pictures on Instagram are so small, you can't really see who it is. So I clicked on it. And immediately I got porn. I mean, I was not looking for it. I didn't want to see that. And it just grossed me out so bad. And it just made me so sad. And, and it was weird, because it kept going and kept going. I didn't even have to like do extra clicks or make decisions. Like it just it was just like, um, scene after scene after scene of yucky stuff. And so I want to show you how even I can get entrapped in that. Your parents have to be careful about not getting entrapped in it. Grown married women have come to me for help because they have gotten addicted. But I just pray that this is going to be it for you. This is going to be the end of the road with pornography. And, and I will help you know that God will help you overcome it. So what I even did is I confessed it to God. And I said, God, this is so disgusting and vile. And I really get angry because this is what we talk about a lot with what my husband and I do full time traveling the country, talking to people about protecting um, their sexuality. And so I just, you know, kind of confess it to God and talk to God about it and get mad about it. And then I always, always go and tell Barrett what I saw. And I do that because I think 
if I don't verbally out loud say, this is what I saw and it grossed me out and can you believe how, you know, all this happened? If I don't, then I kind of stay silent and the enemy wants me to be quiet and the enemy makes me be quiet and feel embarrassed to talk about it with Barrett or, and then I um, keep it bottled all inside of me and it just, it'll make you feel horrible. And again, that's what the enemy wants to do is kind of get you off in a corner by yourself in a quiet place, and whisper all kinds of lies to you. So if you confess to God, and then you verbally confess to someone else that loves you, the enemy has to go away. He will not keep driving you crazy. He will go away. That's what God says. And um, he will always provide a way out is what that Corinthian verse says. So that's even in my own life, how I battle accidentally stumbling upon something that's really gross. Um, one last thing I want to talk about is if you have stumbled into pornography and, and looking at these yucky pictures, um, and you have trouble looking at your body and being happy with the body that God has given you, look in the mirror. And if you are saying something ugly to yourself about your body, I want you to say, God, if I am feeling this way about my body, because something I have seen, please help me, you know? Because I think that that is one of the consequences of having looked at bad pictures is thinking badly about your own body. So anytime you think negatively about your body, I want you to say, God, is that because I looked, saw something? And if it is, help me forget it. Help me to love the body I'm in. Please know, little girl, little sister, you're not a little girl, you're a little sister of mine, that your body is not finished growing and it's got so much further to go and it keeps changing and it keeps getting better. You are in a package that only you are in. And you are made exactly the way God wants you to be made so that people will like you and be drawn to you and you can tell them about Jesus. I truly believe that. And I believe that the shape of our body um, makes us comfortable with other people in the way that they have been made so that we can develop relationships with them and share Jesus with them. There are people who are intimidated by beautiful, beautiful, perfect people, and they probably, you know, might not listen to that person. You know, I I really have looked at my imperfections and thought, I'm just going to leave it because this is the body God gave me. I'm taking the best care I can of it. And then I want my body to make people feel comfortable. I want to be just a normal sized person with the body that God gave me. Yours is so special and so unique and so perfectly tailored for the purposes that God is going to use you for in this world. So in the name of Jesus, I just tell the enemy to get behind us and go away. And we are going to cry out to God to keep our eyes and our mind pure and to look forward to sex and look forward to um, using our bodies the way that God created it to be because it's so wonderful and awesome. And um, I just love you, precious baby. I would just wish I could hug you and squeeze you, but I'm going to pray for you. God, you know my heart. I just want you to be heard through what I say because I know that you love these girls so deeply. You created every single one of them. Not one is by accident. And God, you have a plan for their life. And we just refuse to let the enemy mess up their life in any way when it comes to looking at pornography 
and and yucky pictures, God. I just, these girls belong to you. And in your name, I say that they belong to you. And we thank you for them. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, that was different than we usually do, but it was a good word we needed to give to girls out there. So, Jen, thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. I really, 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 I mean, it's been on my heart for weeks. And if moms, you're not, you only think your daughter will listen to uh, my lovely wife sharing encouraging words, then you take what Jennifer shared and you make sure you share it with your daughter, that God isn't through with your kids yet. And, he and to loves not them. be ashamed. Not and be you, ashamed. you are forgiven. Run to Jesus, not away from him. Yeah. This is a great time to run to Jesus. Yeah. Well, our daughters need our love. Final word, just to remind all of us to keep on being intentional to press into the heart of our girls. They're going to be strong, confident women one day, but they're going through a season probably during their preteen and teenage years. It's just hard. And so look for every opportunity you can to press in their heart, to connect with their hearts, to love them the way they be loved and to influence through that heart connection you have with them. So it's work, but uh, our daughters are certainly worth it. Amen. Well, I want to remind you, as always, to uh, share our podcast and let folks know we, we're available to you here. Uh, give us a rating on iTunes and give us a review. We love that, that feedback. And if you have a question of the week you want to give us, shoot it our way. We'll keep it confidential, of course. I want to make a shameless plug as well real quick, Jim. We still are less than six months away now from our marriage getaway in Asheville, North Carolina. That's October 11, 12, 13. And it's that's just less than six months. We're at the five months and change place. And we're like 60% filled up already. We got room for like 250 couples. We've already got like 135 couples, 140 couples signed up. So we're moving right along. And we don't want to run out of space. We want uh, you to come. People will still be able to come, but they'll have to find their own accommodations. And it's more so, expensive. And it's a pain in the butt. So be sure and sign up. Greatmarriagegetaway.com. And you can find out more information. But it's a great weekend in the mountains uh, focusing on your marriage. Which I'd love for you to come join us for that. Well, that's all I got today. Anything else, honey? You've, you've given a lot of good stuff today. No, it's been great. All right, very good. Connect with us on infoforfamilies.com. And uh, know that you're our friends. And we hope that you feel like uh, we're your friends too. If we can serve you guys anyway. Please let us know and just uh, finish this podcast and go and do something kind and loving and gracious for the girls in your life. Uh, For the Imperfect Normal Families Living Podcast, this is Barrett. And Jen. Bye for now. Bye for now.